4: You feel like you've jumped from like, you know, 25 year old girls to sixty-five year old women now. We gotta save this for the podcast, dude. What's up guys? Chris Rudiger here. We are back, a new episode. Uh this next guest is a good friend of mine. He's been around the music since- Are we? We're, I guess we're friends. Are we acquaintances, friends? No, we're definitely friends. We're, we're going to say friends. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. You've seen me too drunk not to be friends. I was going to say, we've had our fair share of shots in Nashville. Um, <laughs> you're actually one of like the only people I feel like that I know that was like actually born and raised in Nashville. Um, mm. Your dad, Marcus, absolute legend, writing songs for Tim McGraw, Rascal Flats, Dixie Chicks, and then all of a sudden- the sun comes out into the world. What do you have, like 150 million streams, I think?
5: I'm just going to say like 180, but who's counting?
4: Okay, yeah. we're going to go for 180. He, yeah. he, he did just fact check me on that. <laughs> um, dude, you have an awesome song with Walker Hayes out right now called Paying For It, which we're going to talk about. And you just signed a big record deal, which I also want to talk about. Um, I feel like you and I have been trying to have this conversation for a while, and here we are live in the studio. Please welcome Levi Hunter.
5: Thank you. Uh,
4: <laughs> we need like the, yeah. But we need the claps. Yeah. <laughs> Let it
5: be known also that uh, I was a last second call. I was like, you're like, nobody else <laughs> will come here. Yeah. Levi, will you do this? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Thank you for outing me. Sheesh. I, I ha-
4: do not have many friends in Nashville, and I was like, hey, Levi, I'm, I'm a loser. I need somebody on my podcast I'm the last, today. last, last call that Chris will make. I wouldn't say you were the last call, but I just want you to know you were very much a six-string player for today's podcast. Thank you.
5: Well, yeah. guys, I'm so honored to be here. Yeah. And all jokes aside, dude, I'm so stoked with everything you got going on. Um, I literally just got back from a five-day bachelor trip, so if my voice sounds absolutely trash, that's why. Fair enough. And I feel like we should just make that very clear to everybody. <laughs> yeah,
4: get it out in the oven earlier. I love it. Where, where was the bachelor trip?
5: The bachelor trip was Floribama.
4: At like at, at Floribama? It was like next door to Floribama. Wow. In Pensacola. Have you played Floribama? I played that
5: back in like 2018. Um, wild venue. Wild venue. Yeah. It was wild. It was, we were there for like a Halloween party. It was super fun. Um, but yeah, the biggest like train wreck of that entire experience was we took this eight-hour boat trip in the middle of a storm and to this day, like, Smart. literally five days later, I'm still, I feel like I'm on the waves. <laughs> You're still I wobbling still a little the bit. Waves. The, the seasickness. You're just from like, Massachusetts, so you probably feel fine, like, going I'm on I'm used boat to it, shit. dude. That's
4: like a normal day for me in the summer, <laughs> but, dude, um, yeah, man, you got, I mean, thank you for, you know, for always being willing to hop on and do shit, but you got a ton going on. Yeah. New, well, re-recording of paying for it, And you just signed a record deal yeah how's it feel
5: dude i the record deal piece has been something that's been in the works for me since almost 2017 so when i came back to nashville after college i signed with big machine records and um i had like one demo out at that point so that was like Mm -hmm. my first ever song like recorded ever and i signed a record deal like immediately um and then i played catch up for about a year and a half and then uh parted ways with that label um and has spent the last six years being independent and trying to find, you know, who I am as an artist, where I want to be. And, um, I've now connected with the Jonas Group, which is Kevin Jonas Sr. the Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Guarini, who you just met with.
4: Yeah, Phil's the man. And
5: uh, that whole team over there, dude, and they're amazing. Um, signed a management deal with them, and we just started talking about records. And it's like, what, is, what does a record deal look like in today's day and age? Like, what does it look like to sign something and be, be progressive and be... Um, be exciting and also be kind of um, forward thinking. And I feel like this is like the exact crew that's down to push the limits, um, both like social media wise, like what does radio look like today? What do DSPs look like? Um, so I'm really excited. And I think to do the re-record of paying for it was like the ultimate first step in this process.
4: Yeah, dude, I love it, man. I mean, congrats. I think what's super cool is, and I don't know if you know this, but I followed you like back in probably 2017, when stupid and like those hits were out. Yeah. And I remember you were at a label and then, you know, I watched you kind of start to do this independent thing. And I think what you've been able to build online the past year has been incredible. Like your TikTok lives that you are crushing right now, you're about to go on tour, which we're going to talk about. I think a lot of that's from your social media growth. People are streaming your music like crazy. And it's, I feel like we are in a new era now where like, the model has shifted, right? And there's 100%. a lot you can do as an independent artist. There's still obviously a ton you can do with a major label or any label backing. But I think you have been very strategic about like waiting to find your right team. It seems like this is now the group that you're moving forward with. And you Absolutely. got a hit with Walker Hayes that's now... Is it being shipped out to radio? Am I allowed to ask? I'm not allowed to say anything just yet. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. I love it. Um, well, hey, dude, real quick. I do want to talk about... Kind of early beginnings just in case people don't know who you are and they're listening on on iHeart here Um, Grew up in nashville. Your dad's a huge hit songwriter. Were you just like constantly writing music growing up? Like how like how did it start for
5: yeah, man? I mean My dad is amazing and to this day like a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, I want to get on my dad's shadow or or like Especially if you grew up with a musical um, in a musical family But I I love embracing it because I think my dad is like my biggest inspiration He's the person who taught me how to play guitar um, he's a person that showed me what a co-write was. And so like having that as like part of my history, I think is like really important. Um, but growing up, honestly, dude, like I play guitar and I did music as a hobby. And it was always like, oh, there's a guitar around the house. I'm going to pick it up, start a band with my brothers and then not touch a guitar for two years. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was like doing like d- the Disney star thing or trying to pursue it at, at a really young age. Um, but I always was also surrounded by hit songwriters and going to number one parties and doing all these crazy things that like I just took for granted at a young age. I was like 12 years old meeting Tim McGraw or Jessica Simpson was like
4: at my house writing a song talking to Tony Romo like all this crazy did did you (laughs) like did you process and like you're like oh that's Tim McGraw or is it still kind of like you're just a kid they're just my dad my dad's friends.
5: I was honestly like the Jessica Simpson piece was kind of cool. I always remember that because I remember like my dad was like, I'm riding with Jessica Simpson today. Like bring all your friends from high school over to the house after I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> and so we all came over and met Jessica S- Simpson. So it was super fun. Um, but the Tim McGraw thing, dude, like he was, he was just a superstar to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't, I don't think I was like, wow, i meeting Tim McGraw. I was right. just like, I'm meeting a really famous country artist, but it was like, That was just part of the process. I don't know if that answers
4: your question. That might have been a horrible (laughs) No, it does. But I do think there's something in Nashville. It was funny because I had friends visit. And we happened to, we had to be at a coffee shop and we ran into Chris Stapleton. He was just walking around. And they were freaking out. And these are friends from back up in New England. And they're like, oh my God, it's Chris Stapleton. We love the guy. Like they're causing a scene. I'm just like, it's normal. It's chill. Right. <laughs> of course, I'm a huge fan of Stapleton, and I'm freaking out. But I feel like, like when you are around it, and and you were born and raised going to number ones, it's like, oh yeah, they're just they're normal people. They're friends, right. and they want to be treated that way when they're here. Um, so I think, like, I don't know. There's probably a coolness to that of like maybe Tim actually did appreciate the fact that you and you know your dad are just homies. And, yeah,
5: like, I will say this though. I um, as a songwriter, I got a uh, one of my songs was recorded by Tim McGraw. And I got to open up for him up in uh, Soaring Eagle, Michigan. And that was a full circle moment for me because I was at one of the number one parties for my dad for a song of his called uh, One of These Days. Yeah. And then like 20 years goes by and I'm opening up for Tim McGraw. And he like told me at the show, he's like, I recorded one of your songs called Not From California and it's on my new record. And I was like, Oh my god. That is amazing. (laughs) You're like like, I was the kid
4: at that number one party when I was twelve and now I'm writing songs for you.
5: And I and I legitimately I like threw me back into that moment. So it is like that though for sure. It's like in Nashville, we're so used to it. And honestly, we're probably oversaturated and probably numb to it a little bit, whereas everybody else is like still blown away. Um but it is it is interesting growing up in Nashville. I think that is a huge part of like my personality and like where I come from. Um and I definitely like rep it pretty hard. I
4: mean, she's right. <laughs> always, always. I, I normally see you in a Nashville shirt or it's a, t- a Titan shirt or a soccer shirt. I feel like you go to the Titans games a lot.
5: I do. I haven't been to one this year. I'm also like really sad about the Titans because we, <laughs> we're
4: kind of, we're kind of terrible. Although this throwing, new quarterback, I know, this, Levis w- this Will Levis it. guy is kind of nice. Oh my God. Four Yeah, we were, we were sitting there. That's why I lost my voice.
5: I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> finally we got like three touchdowns. He had like more touchdowns in one game than Tannehill and like literally five. So,
4: yeah, I, well, he could be the future. We'll see. Um, I got to get me. him on here by the way. Dude, I, yeah, shout out, shout Levis. out to, to Levis. Levis. Levis come on the pod. <laughs> Um, I do have to ask because you see it. There's so many... Nashville's crazy right now. Bachelorette parties, the amount of apartment buildings, like businesses moving in here. Is it annoying to see the city grow as much as it is? Or do you appreciate it being um, from here?
5: You know, I appreciate it as how do I say this as like a foodie I'm pretty stoked on it because there's so much good food Mm -hmm. um when I was growing up it was like you had like a meet and three and a couple barbecue restaurants and that was about it sure uh but now like we just have so much good food here in Nashville I think you know I live in a bubble so my parents live over here on Music Row that's where I grew up and I live over in Berry Hill area so I don't really like kind of leave that kind of bubble but if I'm down on Broadway I'm like this sucks (laughs) like this is so much how often
4: would you say you go down to Broadway
5: I mean, I went down because you asked me to play old red the other day. Okay, so when, <laughs> so when I ask you, don't <laughs> yeah. no, otherwise you avoid
4: yeah. it. It is danger down there. It I, is I, you cannot leave Broadway in Nashville remotely sober. No, it's impossible. And also, it's like I feel like everybody's like all the dudes want to fight you, and all the girls
5: want to do other things.
0: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> other things, Levi.
5: <laughs> so it's, I just feel like it's uh, it's a it's a rowdy environment. And if I was twenty something years old again, I would hundred percent probably partake a little bit more. But being an old-ass 32-year-old now...
4: Look at you I'm saying like, you're an old-ass 32-year-old. I feel, hey, feel
5: old right now. <laughs> dude, you're in the prime, bad. man. Some I, people don't hit
4: their stride until, like, 40. I'm, I'm hoping.
5: I do feel, like, business-wise and, like, career-wise, I feel... And, like, just everything like that, I feel, like, the most myself. I feel like I feel like I fought my way through my 20s, though. I mean, both in music and also just, like, like the culture of Nashville. Just, like, really, it was, like... I, I lived it up for, like, literally a decade.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, Nashville is an amazing place. I think there's a ton of distractions when you come here and you're trying to pursue your artistry. Of course, there's partying and a bunch of beautiful girls and other opportunities and things. But I think, like, part of the process is also just, like, going with that, living your life, writing about those experiences. Right. And then now you're in a place where, like, you're a seasoned writer. You now have an awesome team behind you. Like, I feel like this is, I don't want to say it's a, the start of your career. It's just like a, it's the next chapter, right? Absolutely. And I think it's
5: like it's legitimately ten years almost to the day that I moved back from college and really started to pursue music. And I feel like I'm just now at step one. Yeah. And to think about that, it's like, wow, ten years, it really is a ten year town, if you think about it, because I had to learn so much. I even though I grew up in Nashville, I never really pursued music. Um and it's just like All that time flew by, and I feel like today I'm taking my first step as an artist, it's crazy to feel that way.
4: That's amazing, dude. We're going to be right back here on the 615 House Podcast.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
1: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list.
4: What's up guys? Uh, we're back here on the six or five hours podcast. Good friend of mine, Levi Hummin in the studio. And Levi, you put out a song with Walker paying for it. You got a bunch of new music coming out. Um, you're going on tour this winter, right? It's a headlining yep. tour.
5: So I'm. Uh, this is like the first time saying it out loud. Um but oh, shit. this is the yeah. this is the reveal. Here <laughs> we go. By the time we this probably is out. Yeah, this will be a little bit old news, but um sorry to out us on the timeline. Right. But uh yeah, dude, we're going on my first real headlining tour. Um, not affected by any pandemics or anything like that. So I'm really yeah. excited because we did some dates with my buddy Roman Alexander, which were awesome. I mean, we had so much fun, but it was still like kind of like uh eh, kind of coming out of 2021. Um but this is really exciting. I think we're going to be doing a show at uh Exit in here in Nashville. Nice. Shows all the way through the Midwest. We're going all the way through Texas and so I'm I feel like we're going to have a good response and a good group of fans out there.
4: Dude, Exit in's such an iconic venue in Nashville too. Have you, have you played Exit Inn before?
5: Yeah, so I so I'm from Nashville like we've said a million times. Um so I try to do like one headline show a year that's like in my hometown. Yeah. Um and we played it once before. Got to headline it and we sold it out. I think it was Nick Wayne maybe. Do you know Nick Wayne? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. me and Nick Wayne. Nick's the man. And he actually, I feel like back then, because I was like kind of like in still independent land, but headlining. But I feel like he brought out so many people at that time. It was crazy.
4: I feel like Nick Wayne is one of those guys. Like there are people in Nashville that are just so well connected. And <laughs> Nick's the, like, Nick had a golf league for a while. I mean, shout out Nick Wayne if yeah, you're by listening the way, to Nick this Wayne podcast. I also like,
5: love writing with Nick. And we have some really cool songs. i I really want to put him out. I just, man, it's
4: like a free freeze <laughs> promotion here for Nick Wayne. He is the man though, dude. Um that's I love that uh I love that you're back out on the road though. I mean, assuming that COVID doesn't come back, you're gonna yeah. be in good shape here. <laughs> how many cities are you playing?
5: Uh I can't count in my head.
4: I'm guessing like seventeen. Yeah.
5: <laughs> um, but we'll probably even add more depending on how it goes. But um, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like I did not tour this last year. Um kind of intentionally, I felt like 2022 we toured a little bit um, but I wanted to rebuild my team so I left my old management uh, signed a new publishing deal, signed a new management deal and as of two weeks ago just signed a record deal so I feel like you know I I toured nine years of my life straight just almost every weekend gone Mm -hmm. Um, took a year off for the first year and I feel like this has been almost my most successful year in terms of just numbers and growth um and so I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what's out there. And we played like one show in Athens, Georgia, and I thought there was gonna be like a hundred people, maybe there was like 2000
4: people. There. That's Athens, Georgia for yeah, you. But you I cannot like, go to Athens, Georgia and leave <laughs> sober either. Yeah,
5: I, I will say this. It was also a frat party. So, but I was like, it was still yeah. like, I've been to frat parties before and there was like a couple of people. Sure. And, um, I'm not saying there's gonna be 2000 people at every show, but I am saying that there's probably a, a kind of new crew of fans, and I'm really excited to meet them in the real world.
4: That's awesome. I have to say about the frat thing, I think <laughs> Okay, playing... frat
6: boy, first of all, you... I am a frat boy, <laughs> and I've,
4: I've booked these shows before. <laughs> I think playing fraternity parties is one of the most hilarious experiences you can have as an artist, because you show up and you either get 100 or 50 people a broken sound system a wobbly (laughs) stage with like bush light cases up and down (laughs) or you get like a 2500 person amazing lit show with like the best sound system ever in in production you're like okay there's it's literally one of the other you know that was
5: a 2500 people it was crazy and everybody like paying for it people knew the words and um Good riddance and a couple other songs, but I've also done things in like Cincinnati where it was like in the sweatiest dungeon I've ever been in. People are like smoking cigs on stage, just like, oh yeah, play Freebird,
4: right? It's like, like, why am that's I here? Kind of what I expect. Every yeah, time at this point. <laughs> yeah. You if you set the bar that low, then uh, then then good only good things will come.
5: My my band always makes fun of me because I will. I'm this like I'm super optimistic in my in my life. Like I'm always like like it's all gonna work out in, in the end. But at sh- right before a show, every show I'm like nobody's gonna show up. I'm like not even one person is going to show up and I was even at like a full on sold out show that's already been there I'm like man there's going to be a storm people aren't going to come right. going to, they've changed their minds
4: <laughs> dude that's one way to do it though right the reverse psychology of like alright this is just going to suck and then everything's great <laughs> everything is what I, I always tell myself that hey for your benefit I hope that your tour doesn't suck uh, again Levi Hellman's on tour <laughs> thank you get your tickets if you're listening to this so that Levi doesn't have to play for two people
5: hey but also if you want to come out to the show's Let's go follow me on TikTok. Follow me everywhere so we can uh, link up.
4: As you should. Speaking of TikTok, that was a great little segue. You go. Um, every time I open the app, upper right corner, Levi Humman is now live. <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside, I respect your hustle and your grind because you have been able to build a really awesome following, not just on TikTok, but across socials. And I see that you're very active with your content. It's consistent. I think it's quality. Like, Talk to me a little bit about like your process with social media.
5: Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about it before we kicked off the podcast, but, um, so I was independent like back in 2017 and I was just trying to find ways to get my music out there because I just left big machine records. Um, and at the time, like being an independent artist was like something that people were like, "Ugh, (laughs) it was not the vibe. And, um, I remember like Spotify was free to put out music too like all these like DSPs were brand new and I was like, those are kind of cool. People can find my music. So I'm just going to really push that. So I pushed that. And I also was never did social media up until like 2017. I was like the worst. Mm -hmm. And I just like forced myself to like get good at it and get consistent. And honestly, consistency is like what I pushed the hardest. I was like, if I stay consistent on social media, something's going to pop eventually. Um, I kind of on a tangent right now, but I guess the point of it is uh, I've always tried to look for, ways to promote my music that's free and I've always looked for ways to promote my music that gives me the biggest reach to my fans and so that's like where my love for social media comes from um and then recently like TikTok live dude it's just been the the best organic way to blow up my my content to find new fans and now build a relationship with actual TikTok um like HQ out in LA has been amazing
4: I think what you're seeing is the second iteration of this, which is you've you've been able to post content to get new listeners, but then you also like by going live, you're building a loyal fan base. Right. I think that's the next step. Like I see so many artists that are looking for their 500,000th or a millionth follower, and they're only thinking about the next follower, right. But they're not thinking about like, do you realize how many like football stadiums five hundred thousand people is? Like that's massive shows you could be playing. So I think it's more a matter of how do you get all of those people that have already clicked follow to then, buy your Levi Hummond T-shirt or right. go to your college store. whatever. i if you're looking for that I'm I was gonna... looking for <laughs> so it, not, but I, I I it, but I can't find it. But I think you're doing a really good job of that. And that's like, I don't know, it's one thing that I think artists and just not even Nashville but in general are trying to like figure out. It's kind of this next step of like, there's so much content online, dude. Yeah. It's like you open up your phone. It's like, I don't even know how to juggle all this stuff. But I think if you can really connect with people on a deeper level, then that's how you're gonna be able to be around for the next 10 years.
5: Dude, let me, I need to sit with you after this podcast just to give you a couple like updates in my life that I figured out are so awesome for socials. Um, But for me, like just generally speaking, live has changed my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. My fan base is more loyal than ever. Um, And even if I have like 50 to 150 concurrent viewers, instead of a thousand to 2000, I know that those are like my most solid fans constantly there for me every single night and being able to stay consistent and have those like, 300 to a thousand people that are just freaking there every single day. (laughs) It's like absolute insanity. And from there, from that, we've built, I mean, a huge, huge following on, especially across TikTok live. And, um, some of the biggest creators too have like way less followers on TikTok live. Yeah. Um, my buddy Trey, shout out Trey from next door.
4: He has like 300,000. Trey from next door. What does Trey from next door do? (laughs) He's a
5: rapper and he's so good, so talented. And he just streams all the time. Um, but dude, that guy has like 300,000 followers but gets like just 100,000 per stream views.
4: Damn. So you, like, we need to all be like Trey from next door.
5: If you want to learn, yeah. follow me. And also follow, follow you Trey. And follow Trey. <laughs> yeah, I'll
4: come check out you guys when you battle.
5: Yeah, please. Uh, I, I'll whoop his ass. That's good.
4: Um, dude, we <laughs> got- heard
0: that. <laughs> this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Delve into the visceral world of hip hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steals every Thursday, each episode provides an in depth exploration into the formative artists monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, I Radio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Let's go. Uh, we got a few minutes left here. My friends at Ariat have hooked us up, and we do this segment. It's called Rapid Fire Questions, 60 seconds on the clock. I'm just hitting you. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Pretty easy. We're going to see how you do. Ready? Bum, 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 bum. Here we go. Um, dream collaboration. Black top Billie Eilish. There you go. Favorite song that Marcus Humman has written.
5: Ooh. Uh one of these days, the Tim McGraw song, but it's it literally makes me cry.
4: It makes me cry too. What's a dream <laughs> venue for you to play, other than the Athens fraternity venue? Um,
5: Athens, uh, um,
4: Soldier Field. Soldier Field, uh, that's a new one. I haven't heard that yet. Um, I always say
5: Red Rocks, but I've said this so many times. And I really, genuinely, I like have this big dream where. I'm playing Soldier Field for some reason, and I don't know why.
4: Thank you, because Red Rocks a cop out, and everyone says it. You would be like the seventh person on this podcast to say. It. Anyway, uh, are you baseball cap, cowboy hat? What do you think? I'm gonna guess baseball <laughs> cap. I can't even picture you the cowboy hat, but you do wear boots. Uh, are you like, what's your favorite type of boot?
5: Um, sorry, Ari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ariat. <laughs> Ariat, there
4: you go. Yeah. Um hey uh, actually, I actually do have
5: a pair of Ariat's. Is that Ari is I
4: don't know how to say it? It's Ariat but Ariat. Yes. Yeah.
5: Um I actually do have a pair of those and I I do straight up love them.
4: Really? Yeah. They're Look my that. they're my like hunting outside boot. Natural promotion for them right there. Um last question. Favorite, fast food, <laughs> favorite uh, fast food place. Favorite fast food place. Favorite fast food place Chick-fil-A. Oh, that was quick. And Chick-fil-A sauce?
5: Uh Polynesian and Chick-fil-A
4: sauce. Mixed together. Yep that's what it's about 60 seconds presented by area look at that <laughs> um levi humming in the studio dude uh anything we missed man i feel like we've just been like crushing it you got new music you got a new tour new tour new management
5: new label new music new it's about a it? new tattoo
4: really got some new tattoos that was actually one thing i did want to <laughs> ask you about. how many tattoos you have
5: um i think i'm up to like 35 really But i'm actually um doing a big thing with inked magazine on Wednesday this week. That's cool. I'm excited.
4: And you have, uh, it's your left sleeve, right? I
5: got, no, I got like right and left. And then I've just started working my legs here too.
4: Okay. Are you going to, are you going to go like post them along with it and do the neck? I'm going to stay up till about
5: like, maybe like one side of my neck, but my mom is at the point where she like wants to kill me every time I show up with a tattoo.
4: So I feel like the first time you get a tattoo is when your mom freaks out the most, but you've had 35 goes at it now at this point, she can't be like, we we did a pool party and she was like,
5: that's enough. (laughs) <laughs> it's like what is enough she's like, that's enough tattoos
4: <laughs> yeah 35 is when she really was like alright we need to talk <laughs> I love it um, Levi Hammond, guys check out his new song Paying For It with Walker Hayes he's got new music coming out next year dude pumped again about your record deal I'm excited I'm gonna come catch you at Exit In. hopefully I'll be able to go to some other shows on the road especially awesome. if they're in college fraternity sounds like a pretty good time
5: I think you'll have a great time I know that I know that about you yes almost more than anybody (laughs) really that's look at that
4: I love that Um, dude for real keep crushing it online um, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait to hear all this new music
5: thank you